Hey everyone, what's What's going on? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Pei Hey, Daf 85 of Mesechta Psachim. The Daf begins with the machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish regarding breaking the bones of a Korban Pesach when we kind of touched on it yesterday a little bit when there's like meat in one part of the core of the bone but no meat in the other part of the bone. Very, very exciting sugya that we're going to start off with. And this kind of somehow leads into a machlokas, well, a question really, which ends with a teku, about if there's tumas yodaim for meat that leaves the hazara. Okay, interesting question. And then we get to a new mishnah on Dafpehe uh, Omid Beis, where we talk a little bit about the walls of Jerusalem, uh, which is kind of interesting in terms of Kachim Kachim, Kachim Kalim, but also Mitzoras. Um, it's kind of interesting, I think. Let's get started. We're on Dafpedalar Omid Beis, like five, six lines from the bottom, Itmar. Kind of in the middle of the line. Uh, two, four, six lines from the bottom. A little bit past the middle of the line. Itmar, it was stated, Aver she'ein olav kezayis basur b'makum zeh, v'yesh olav kezayis basur b'makum acher. So we're talking about you have a bone, you have like a, a, a limb of, 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 of a korban, and, well, dafka the korban pesah, and the limb does not have any meat in one part of it, but in another part of it, let's say, you know, sort of like towards one end of it, but towards the other end of it, there is a kazais of meat, all right? And you want to break it in the part of the bone where there's no kazais of meat. And the question is, will that be a violation of the etzim lo sish birubo, that you're not allowed to break the bones of a korban pesach? We discussed yesterday that there ha- it has to be ro'i la'chila, kilo, if, 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 if you have, let's say, certainly if you have a bone that doesn't have any meat on it, bichlal, that there's, you know, there's just nothing to eat on it. Well, then you, it will be, um, there won't be a violation of breaking a bone. But what about a bone that part of it has meat and part of it doesn't have meat and you break it in the part that doesn't have meat? Would that be a problem? So, um, Rabbi Yochanan Amr says, Rabbi Yochanan, Yesh bo mishum se'etzem. It will be a problem. Rabbi Shem ben Lakish Amr, Ein bo mishum se'etzem. Whereas Rish Lakish says that it will be okay, and we're going to explain sort of both opinions. So, Eisvei Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi ben Lakish. So, Rabbi Yochanan asks Akasha from a brisa against Rabbi ben Lakish. And here's the brisa that the Pasuk says, that you're not allowed to break any bones of the Korban Pesach. Now, Echod Etzim Sheish Olav Kazai's Basar, Echod Etzim Sheish Olav Kazai's Basar, and that is the brisa. The Brisa says that when the Pasuk says, Vesim Lusijbrubo, that you're not allowed to break any bones of the Korban Pesach, that means whether it's a bone that has meat on it, or whether it's a bone that does not have meat on it. That's what the Brisa says, and kind of leaves it up to us to figure out what exactly that means. Now, explains now, my ain't all of Kazai's boss, or now, I understand why it would be a problem to break a bone that has a Kazai's of boss on it, because you know, you can be eating it, and because you can be eating that bone, you're not allowed to break it. It's Rari Lachila, you can't break the bone. Now, when we say that there's no meat on it, you're not allowed to break it. What 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 exactly do we mean by there's no meat on it? Ilema, if we take it at face value, they know of Kazai's Boser Klal, meaning Poshit 
a bone that doesn't have any meat on it. Not on it, not in it, not nothing to do with it. Well then, what? well, forget about the fact that I said in it. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's say on it, um, to keep things simple for now. If we're talking about a meat, a bone that doesn't have any meat on it at all, well then what's the problem in terms of Shvira Sa'etzim? So rather, says Rabbi Yochanan, it must be that when the Brisa feels the need to tell us that even a bone that has no meat on it, you're still not allowed to break it. It means, So rather, explains Rabbi Yochanan, you know what it means when the Brisa says that even a bone that doesn't have any meat, you're still not allowed to break it? It's not talking about a bone that doesn't have any meat at all. If it has no meat at all, then what's what's the problem with breaking it? It's talking about a bone that doesn't have any meat at all in one specific place, but it does have meat in another place. And still, the Bryce is saying that you're not allowed to break it. That is Rabbi Yochanan's kasha against Rishlakish. Basically, he's saying to Rishlakish, Nu Rishlakish, if you're saying that a bone that has no meat in one place, but has meat in another place, you would be allowed to break it in the part that doesn't have any meat on it. Well, then how do you explain this brysa that feels the need to tell us that a bone that doesn't have any meat, you're still not allowed to break it? If it doesn't have any meat at all, then why can't I break it? It must mean, says Rabbi Yochanan, the only way you can explain this brysa must be to say that we're talking about a bone that doesn't have meat any at all in this place, but has meat in another place, and still you're not allowed to break that. So Amrle, so Rishlakish responds to Yochanan, and he says, This is what the Brisa is saying. No, whether we're talking about a bone that has a kazais of meat on the outside, however, So says so says Rish Lakish, no, what that Brisa means is whether there's meat on the outside or whether there's no meat on the outside, but there's meat on the inside. You're going to be chayev if you break the bone. However, if you break the bone in a place where there's no meat at all, not on the outside, not on the inside, you're going to be potter, argues Rish Lakish even though there is meat on some other part of the of the um of the bone all right but says rishlakish kilu so so maybe slightly differently than we initially thought meaning if you have a, a bone and there's meat on one part of it but on the other part of it there's no meat on it according to rishlakish you still might be high if you break the other part if there's marrow inside of it right what Rishlakish is saying, if you find a part of the bone that has no meat at all, not meat on the outside, not marrow on the inside, then you would be potter. V'atanya, we learn in a brysa, v'etzim this is an interesting brysa, that the Pesach says that you're not allowed to break any bones of the Korban Pesach, okay? Now, this means whether the bone has marrow in it or whether the bone does not have marrow in it you're not allowed to break it now but one second we have a pasuk and well you know 
While we have one pasuk that says you're not allowed to break any of the bones, we have another pasuk that says that you got to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach. And therefore, if you got to eat all of the meat of the Korban Pesach, so then I can argue that it even includes the marrow. You got to eat the marrow. Now, if you got to eat the marrow, I should be able to break the bones in order to extract the marrow, right? So, so let's start again from the beginning of the Brisa, right? That the pasuk says you're not allowed to break any bones, and this means echad etzim sheyesh b'moach veechad etzim sheim b'moach. Whether the, bo- the the bone has marrow, whether the bone doesn't have marrow, but if we're saying that even a bone that has marrow in it, you're not allowed to break it, well then umani mekayim ba'achlus abasu Well then, how am I supposed to eat all of the meat of the korban pesach? B'basur shal gabei etzim. No, means you got to eat the meat on the outside of the bones. But the meat on the inside of the bones, you leave alone because you're not allowed to break the bones. Oh, eh, no. Or maybe I can make the argument. Maybe taka when it says, that you're going to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach. It means even the marrow. And you can break the bones in order to eat the marrow. Well, then what about the Pasuk that says you're not allowed to break the bones? Yeah, that's Davka talking about a, a, a bone that doesn't have marrow. I, I assume what it means is that it doesn't have marrow in a particular place, but it has meat. It doesn't have meat and it doesn't, doesn't have meat on the outside. It doesn't have marrow on the inside. Then I think like we said earlier, then what, what, what's, what, what, what could be the problem? So I think what it means is that, Kilu, if you have um, a part of the bone that has no marrow, meaning meaning, I could theoretically argue that if you have a part of the bone that has no marrow inside and also no meat on the outside, well then I'm not allowed to break that. But if there is marrow, I can break it. Meaning if you have a part of, meaning, again, if the bone, I assume it means that if the bone has no marrow inside and has no meat on the outside, there won't be a problem. However, if you find a part of the bone that has no marrow in this part, but has some meat on some on the outside and some other part. So then, so then you would be chayev. Um, but if there is marrow inside, you would be potter because you have to eat the marrow, right? So again, right. Um, what, so what do we say? Oh, eno ella. I'm going to back up two lines. Maybe when the pasuk says that means that you eat the meat, even the marrow. So then what does it mean when it says you're not allowed to break the bones? When there's no marrow inside of it, so then you would not be allowed to break it. But if there is marrow, then break the bone and eat the marrow because you have to eat the meat of the Korban Pesach. And don't think that that's such a big deal because that we have a say of a positive commandment and that's going to override the prohibition of Vetsam Usij Brubo. It's classic halacha. So the question is, how do we learn it? No, friends, what do you think? Do we say that you're not allowed to break the bones in order to extract the marrow because Vetsam Usij Brubo? Or do you think that you are allowed to break the bones to extract the marrow because of Asay do Chalosase? What do you guys think? Says the Gemara, "Kshu Omer ve'etzim lo yishbru ba bePesach Sheni." Or, so says the Gemara, that in the context of Pesach of Pesach Sheni, it also says that you're not allowed to break the bones. Now, Shein Tamulomar, it really doesn't need to say 
by Pesach Sheni that you're not allowed to break the bones. Because it already says by Pesach Sheni that you do the Pesach Sheni in the same with all the halachas of the Pesach Rishon. And one of the halachas by Pesach Rishon is Vetsim Lusish Brubo. You're not allowed to break any bones. So I know that Mimele, by the Pesach Sheni, you're not allowed to break any bones. So why does it say by the Pesach Sheni that also it says over there you're not allowed to break any bones? Have you it means whether the bone has marrow, whether the bone doesn't have marrow, you're not allowed to break it. So what do we see? So we see that even when a bone has marrow, you're not allowed to break it, that that is also significant. And therefore, Rish Lakish is going to explain the initial b'risa. When it says, it means um, that, meaning, when, 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 therefore, in the first b'risa, when it says, it means no. It means whether it has basar on the outside or whether it doesn't have basar on, uh, meat on the outside, but it has marrow on the inside. In both of those cases, you'd be unable to break uh, the bone. However, Rish Lakish would argue that if you found a part of the bone that um, has no marrow inside and no meat on the outside, well, then you would be allowed to break the bone, argues Rish Lakish. We have a kasha. So, we have a Bryce that says, If you have uh, a part of the Korban Pesach, that part of it went outside of um, Yerushalayim. So, what do you do? Meaning, part of it left the walls of Jerusalem, part of it was still remaining inside. So So what you do is, you know, you figure out which part of the limb left the walls of Jerusalem and you take a knife and you cut down to the bone and then you remove all of the meat from the bone and inside, all of the meat that was inside of Jerusalem, you then kind of like carve off of the bone until you get to like a joint and then you cut the joint so that, and then you can remove the like leg or whatever was Yotze from Yushalayim. So like let's say, you know, uh, let's, let's use my arm as an example, right? So let's say my arm was like the arm of the Korban Pesach. And it left, let's say my hand left Jerusalem. So what you would do is you would take a knife and I guess you would like cut my wrist <laughs> down to my bones. And then, although the wrist maybe isn't a good example because then maybe you can just cut it right there. So let's say like my hand went outside plus a little bit of my forearm. So then, um, so like a little bit of my forearm until my wrist and the, my entire hand was outside of Jerusalem. So what you would do is you would take a knife and you would cut down to my bone um, where it like went outside of Jerusalem. And then you would scrape off all my meat from my forearm until we get to my um, um, elbow. And then you take a knife and you um, separate my forearm from um, the rest of my arm. And <laughs> um, what are we talking about again? Right. So that's what the uh, Mishnah that we're going to learn later is saying. So if you have part of the Korban Pesach that went outside of Jerusalem, so what you do is you basically find the part that went outside and you take a knife, you cut down to the bone, and then you scrape away all of the kosher meat that remained inside of Jerusalem until you get to a joint where you can then just remove all of the 
the entire arm, but all the kosher meat you will have removed. Now, frak the Gemara. So, vi amart. Now, if you say ever she'en olav kazai is baser b'makom zev v'yesh olav kazai is baser b'makom acher ein bo b'shum shvirasa etzem. Now, if Rish Lakish is correct that a bone that has no meat at one part of it, but has meat on another part of it. That's okay. You could still break it. Well, then why do I have to remove all of the meat until we get to a joint? Why do I have to remove all the meat until the joint? Just take your knife, go down to the bone, remove a little bit of meat until you have enough of like an area that has no meat on it. Now, if you're Rish Lakish, at that point, you can then just cut the bone. So, Niklov be porta vinat So, Abai Omar Mishumpaka Ravina Omar Bekulis. So, Abai says, well, we're concerned that if even if you theoretically make her a din, you could break the bone over there. What if it ends up cracking in a different place? So, um, even though make her a din, it would be okay, but we have to be concerned that it might crack somewhere else. So, therefore, we still don't want you to, to cut it, even though, you know, technically speaking, it won't be an iser, but it's too risky. Ravina says it's talking about the forearm of the animal that um, has marrow. And since, it, you know, Rish Lakish would say that, well, if there's meat on the inside, if there's marrow on the inside, well, then you would not be allowed to break the bone. It's not awesome. We learn uh, a little bit later on. Daf Kufchov. Hapigol vanoser. Pigol and noser. Pigol, of course, we know is um, a Corbin that you had intention to eat it outside of its allotted time. And no, sir, is um, meat of a Corbin that wasn't eaten within its allotted time and it's left over. Metaminus ayodaim, they make your hands tame midirabonon. Stama to be a sheni latuma. Ravunav ravchizda charam and pne chajde kuna, vacharam and pne atzle kuna. So you have machlokas between Ravunav and ravchizda. One of them says that the reason why the chacham made xera to say that pigle and no, sir, make your hands tame. So one one opinion is that we're concerned about the Khajde Kohan, right? That we're concerned we we're suspicious of the Kohanim. And the other one is because uh the Kohanim are lazy. My Masne Pigo, my Masne Anoser. One of them is talking about Pigo and one of them is talking about Noser. What this means is that the Manda Amr who says that it's talking about we're we're suspicious of the Kohanim, that is in the context of Pigo. And what that means is Rashi explains that um I don't know, for some reason, sometimes the Kohanim would be upset at people and they would use their priestly powers to make their korban piggle. <laughs> I guess if you're the one throwing the blood on the Mizbeach, you can, I guess, just like throw it on the Mizbeach with the intention of eating it outside of its proper time and you just kind of mess up the um, korban. So the Chachamim, as a remedy, they said, well... Pigol is mitami esayodaim, and therefore, if you, Mr. Cohen, have intention to eat this korban outside of its allotted time, well, then it's going to become tame midrabanan. It's going to be mitami yodaim, and then you're going to have to go wash up before touching any kachim, which is going to be um, inconvenient for the kohanim, and therefore they'll take their revenge on their friends in other ways. Uman. The, right, and then we said that the one who's um, says that we're concerned about the quantum being lazy. That's in the context of no sir, meaning they weren't hopping around and um, eating the korbanos on time, and there would be leftover korbanos that would become no sir. 
um, and they would have to burn it. So in order to, prov- we want the coin to eat the korbanos, not just let them go to waste. So to motivate the Kohanim to eat the korbanos, the meat of the korbanos, um, they, the Chacham made a gzera that any noser would be metame yadaim, would, would make your hands tame, and therefore that would be incentive to eat the meat so that it wasn't left over and be metame yadaim. One of them says that the shi'ur that we're talking about for both pigol and for nosar is the size of an olive. The other mandamar is that the um, measurement by pigol and by nosar is the size of an egg. Mandamasne kezayis ki isuro, mandamasne kebeitza ki tumoso. So the mandamar who says that the shi'ur for pigol and for nosar is a kezayis, well, that's like isuro. The amount that has to be pigol or nosar to be usar is a kezayis worth. So that's what we're talking about. And the madamu says that it's about, um, right, that it's the size of an egg. Well, that's the size of tumaso, right? If you have, right, tumas ochlin is the size of an egg. Ibailu, now, here's where we get to the question. Yotze gazur abonon tuma olo. What about yotze? We said that by pigol and by nosar, their matami your yadaim. What about a korbin that was taken outside where it's not allowed to go to? Right, let's say kotche kotchim outside of the Azar, kotchim kalim outside of Yushalayim. So in that case, the korbin becomes possible. Is it matami your yadaim or not? Miamrinon, do we say, no sir, digazu tuma li atsule be? Do we say, well, when it comes to no, sir, when it comes to leftover meat that's not eaten on time, so I understand why we say that it's metame yadaim as, as motivation, as incentive for the koanim to eat it on, and not be lazy and to eat it so that um, it won't come to be no, sir. Avo yotze, but in terms of yotze, a korban that is taken outside of the azara, let's say if it's kotche kotchim, we don't have such a concern that we have to incentivize the Kwanim to not take it out of the Azara. They're not doing that anyways. They don't just take um, Korbanus and bring them outside of the Azara for no reason. So, there was, the, the Rabbanan felt, didn't feel the need to be Goza, to make a Gzera and make Yotse Tame because it's not really going to change anything. The Quanim didn't have any reason to be taking it out of the Azar in the first place. Or maybe there's no difference. Maybe just like the Chacham made a Gzera that Pigul and Nosar they made a similar Gzera by Yotze. This is what we're trying to figure out. Tashma, come in here. Back to this Mishnah um, that we saw a few lines ago and that we're going to see a little bit later. We're going to see the source of the Mishnah. That if you have this limb, that part of it was taken outside of, whether it's Tazara or Jerusalem, wherever it's not allowed to go. So, what do you do? So, the part that was Yotze, the part that left, Chotech Achimagia Le'etzem. So, at the part, at the point where it went where it's not supposed to go, you take a knife and you cut down to the bone. Vikolef Achimagia Le'ferik. And then you scrape away all the meat until you get to a point where, uh, to a joint. Vichotech, and then you cut the, the, the limb there at the joint. Now, well, 
if there is a if there's tuma by yotze, well then kichatechle myhave hakometamile Well, if we're saying that a korban that goes out of the place where it's allowed to go to becomes tame, well then what's the deal with like you know cutting down to the bone and scraping away the the meat that that remained inside you know in, by the korban pesach would be inside jerusalem but if we're saying that the part that left jerusalem is tame well if part of it becomes tame it's going to that part's going to just make it, the whole korban tame so what's the point of you know cu- cutting down to the bone and scraping away i mean the whole thing is tame no so my answer is Tuma Starmi. It's hidden Tuma. This isn't Tuma that you can like really see. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, Ruvain and Shimon and then Ruvain's Tame and he touches Shimon and Shimon becomes Tame. This is kind of like, you, know, you can't really see exactly where the Tuma spread to. It was just kind of like all one unit and part of it became Tame and the rest of it became Tame, but like it's not like two separate things that are distinct from each other. Vituma Starm Lomitamya and hidden Tuma is not, does not be metame. You need sort of distinct things to be metame each other. What about according to Ravina? Ravina says that sort of the connections of food is not really considered a connection, a connection and they're considered separate things. And therefore, this animal, which is meat in this context, um, so the part that was yotze and his tame is going to be considered distinct from the rest of the animal. And therefore, you have the part that is tummy, the part that is tar, and they're touching each other as if they were two distinct items touching each other. And therefore, the whole animal should be tummy. So what's the point of cutting down to the bone and scraping away? I mean, the whole animal's tummy anyways. So you have these two parts of the animal that are touching each other. So according to the Manda Amr, who says that the measurements that we're talking about over here um, are Kazayas measurements by Pigel and by Nosar. Well, he's going to say that, well, there was less than a Kazayas of it that left Jerusalem. And the Manda Amru says that, that, that the shear is the size of an egg. So then, uh, we're talking about where there was less than the size of an egg that left Jerusalem. And that is why it's not going to be Matami the rest of the Korban Pesach. If you're a vina, Tashma, come in here. Pesach lechabura. Let's say you have, um, uh, I think even in the same house we said. Yeah, Rashi on the top of the next page, which is talking about a similar thing. Even if you're in one house, let's say, because there's a pasuk that says, right? Um, what new? What does the pasuk say? Who, who could tell me? No, no. No. No, oh, that, there you go. The Pasuk says, You have to eat the Korban Pesach in one house. Don't take the meat out of the house. Don't break any bones. So we see that you have to eat the um, uh, Korban Pesach in one house. So let's say you have two Korban Pesachs in the same house, and you have one group on one Korban Pesach and another group on the other Korban Pesach. So not only are you not allowed to leave the house, you're also not allowed to go from one group to the other group. So now, so Tashma Motzi Besar Pesach Mi Chabur Le Chabur. 
So let's say you have two carbon Pesachs happening in the same house. So you're not leaving the house, but you're going from one carbon Pesach to the other one, from one group to another group. below So even though it's, you know, the, you're taking meat from one place to another place, and in this context, it would be considered like yotze, you're taking meat from one place to another place where you're not allowed to take it. So we're saying even though you're, it, it's a lota ase, nonetheless it's tahor. It's pure. So my love, how do we understand this? Tahor asur, meaning it's pure even though it's forbidden. That a fellow who takes meat from one of the Korban Pesach from one group to another group is similar to somebody who takes uh, meat of a Korban outside of where it's supposed where it's allowed to go. Umafsil, and we're saying that this meat is pasul. And even so, we're saying that it's Torah. So we see that the rabbis did not decree that there should be Tumah for meat that leaves uh, a place where, where the place where it's supposed to be. Because we see that you're taking the meat from one Chabur to another Chabur, so it's Yotze, right? You're taking it out from where it's supposed to be to where it's not supposed to be, and yet we're saying that it's Tahor. Lo, the Gemara says, no. It's talking about that that this meat is tahor and it's permitted. Taking meat from one group to another group, group, the meat of a korban pesach from one group to another group is not like taking, let's say, I don't know, a piece of korban chatas outside of the azara. And this meat is not posel. Period. It's not possible, and that's why it's tahor. It's not similar to yotze, but theoretically yotze, I could still argue that it would be tame. Rakatani seifa. But one second. What if we continue reading in this brisa? Haochlo harizabelosaisa. That if you eat this meat that you took from one chabura to another chabura, if you eat it, you're violating a prohibition. What prohibition? Sounds like taking this meat from one group to another group would be um, the lotase of, of, of yotze, of taking meat outside of where it's allowed to go. That's the lotase, that's the prohibition. And still we're saying that it's tahor. So it sounds like taking, you know, yotze by korbanos would be tahor. So Bishlam al Amr Kibetza, the Izbe Kazayas Vlezbe Kibetza. So I understand according to Mandamur who says that Kibetza, right? We had we had a machokas earlier, right? Um when it came to Pigol and Nosar, is it talking about a Kazayas or talking about a Kibetza? So if we want to argue that taking a Corbin outside of where it's allowed to go is Mitamiya Sayyadaim, well then how do we explain this case where you took some meat from one group to another group? And we're saying that it's Tahor. Well, we could say that it's talking about where he took a, a, a Kazayas from one group to another group. And that's why it's Puzzle. That's why you're violating a Lotase of, of, of taking it from one place to another place. Yet it's Tahor because it's less than the size of an egg's worth. And Tumas Ochlin only kicks in at the size of an egg's worth. Although... I think we say that food can become tame, um, less than an egg's worth. It just doesn't transfer 
tumah. I guess you would have to say that as well. That when we say that it's tahor militame, that it won't transmit tumah to other things. Okay, fine. Elo lemanda amr kezayis, Michael lemeimar. But if you say that we're talking about a kezayis, and we're saying that it's tahor, well, then it's going to be hard to argue that there's tuma when it comes to yotze, because here we have a situation where you're taking this meat somewhere else, which is yotze, and still we're saying it's tahor. So ella biyotze bepesach lo mibayalan, logazur abanan tuma. So no, when it comes to um, korban pesach. The rabbis didn't feel the need to make a gezerah and say that if you take meat from one group to another group, um, it's going to be tame. Why? My time outcome, Benichabur's reasoning. Because the people in the group eating the Korban Pesach, they're very uh, zreason. Z- 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 they're on top of things. They're excited. Whatever. They're, they're, you know, they're very meticulous. Right, they have the group, they're excited, they bring the Korban Pesach, everyone knows the halachas, and it's like, hey, wait, hey, don't go there, you know. I don't know, what's an example? I feel like we have an example, we, there are examples of these things where like, you know, people kind of, I, matzah baking maybe, you know, you go to matzah baking, all of a sudden there's like mumchis about it, people know, you know, don't do this, do that, you know, everyone's like, everyone's, you got the stopwatch, you know, everyone's very makbid to make sure nothing's going to go wrong. So it's like that also by the Korban Pesach, right, and therefore the Chacham didn't feel the need to say, if you take meat from one group to another group, it's going to be tame. Because everyone's going to be reminding each other, right? Don't get up, you know, everyone just stay here once you get the meat. You know, this is what we're going to do, right? What we want to know is by kodshim. In general, the truth is we say quantum's reason, ain't also, which is actually interesting. And I think we actually saw somewhere that Kohanim are even more zreezen than the people of the Chabura. Where did we see that? Who could tell me? We saw somewhere in Pesachim, I think, that like any time Dick and Harry is going to, bring, is going to be bringing a carbon Pesach, but, you know, the Kohanim are zreezen, I think. But anyways, what about by Kachim? Do we make the um, Gezerah of uh, Tuma by Kachim? Uh, my Teku, we don't know. After all that, <laughs> we don't know. If you take some Kachim where it doesn't belong, whether it's Kachim Kachim out of the Azare or Kachim Kalim out of Yerushalayim, is it Tame? Did the, would the Rabbanon go there? Tuma? We don't know. Umotzi Besar Pesach, Michabur Lechabur Minayin. How do I know that if you take some of the meat, the flesh of the Korban Pesach from one um, group to another group, that it's a lav, that it's a problem? Netanyahs, we learn in Abayis, Losotzi Minabayis Minabas or Chutza. Do not um, take any of the meat of the Korban Pesach outside of the house that you are in. All I know is don't take the meat out of the house that you're eating it in into another house. What if you're eating it outside? How do I know that even within one house, if there are two Korban Pesachs, I can't take the meat from one Korban Pesach to another uh, group, you know, Korban Pesach group, from one group to another group? Right, it says, doesn't need a, doesn't really need to say chutza. So what do we learn out from that word? Chutza means outside of the specific place where you are eating it. Okay. Now we're gonna get to some familiar things. Uh, I wonder how this is, I wonder how you're gonna feel, if you're gonna feel nostalgic 
if after being a few months away from Shabbos and Erevin, it's going to feel a little bit comfortable to very sort of on an elementary level reference the basics of Otsah. Somebody who is motzi, hotzah, somebody who takes um, the meat of a korban pesach from one group to another group, and uchayva shi'aniach. Ha ha! You have to have an akira and anocha. So if you take the meat from one group, <laughs> from one group to another group, you have to have an akira from one group and anocha in the other group. Very, very. Uh, I don't know. Very nice. So you have to pick up the meat from one group, take it over to the other group, and put it down, just like the Ani and the Balabayas in the first mission of uh, Masech the Shabbos. Okay, fine. Hotzok because after all, it says in the context of the Korban Pesach, it says Hotzah, right? It says, Lo Sotzi min Abayas min Abasar, it says Hotzah. So, Kishabbos, it's just like Hotzah on Shabbos, Mashabbos, Adovad Akir Vanocha, Afochonami Adovad Akir Vanocha. Just like on Shabbos, as we know in our sleep, that there has to be an Akira in one Rishos and Anacha in another Rishos. So here also, there has to be an Akira in one group and an Anacha in another group. Masav Rabbi Abba Bar that is not a name that you see every day. Rabbi Abba Bar asks a question, are you Sovlim Osan Bimotos? So when it comes to, now recently we've been referencing these uh, uh, Korbanos, like the Korban Helam Davish um the Korban Amparim Mashiach. These are, these are Korbanos that like Korban Chathases that are entirely burnt outside of all three camps. Now, once already you schlep it outside of one camp, already it's metame begadim. The people who are schlepping it out, their clothing becomes tamis. Now, um, we have a brace that says, Are you sovlim osan bimotos? If you were schlepping this ox, this cow, on uh, like poles, so you had a few people schlepping this heavy dead carcass, once already the first people, the people taking the lead, left the Azara, and the people in the back have not yet left the Azara, they're still in the Azara. At that point already, the Rishonim, the people who have left at the front, at the lead, who have left the Azara, their metami begadim, their clothing becomes tami already. Now, over there also, it says in the context, ve'otziu, that they, right, hotza as well. Now, ve'alo nach, but it hasn't rested yet, they're walking, they're on the move. There was no hanacha. So, most of lavu mefarek lab benigarin. So, Rabbi Abba Barmabla asked the kasha, he also answered the kasha, that it's talking about where they were dragging the ox on the floor, and therefore it was like it kind of landed because it was dragging on the floor. All right. Very nice. All right, we're up to a new Mishnah. Aver sheyotz mitzosel chotech hachimagel le'etzim v'kolev hachimagel le'perek v'chotech v'chotech. Right, okay. We saw this is the third time we're seeing this this Mishnah today. You have an aver sheyotz mitzosel, if you have a limb, that part of it left the walls of where it shouldn't go, whether it's Tazar, whether it's Yerushalayim, kachim 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 so you cut the uh, meat until you get to the bone. And then you scrape away the meat until you get to the joint. And then remove the limb. Now, when it comes to other kachim, where there is no prohibition against breaking the bones, well then, 
So you can just hack off the part of the limb that was Yotze with a, we did, we saw a kupitz the other day. In terms of if you find a kupitz like on Arab Pesach, can you assume that it went to the mikvah or not? Um, I think we saw it in the context of the Chagiga. Can you break the bones of the Chagiga? Anyways, so when it comes to other korbanos where there's no issue with breaking the bones, so then you would just hack off the part of the bone that was Yotze. Fine. Um, we have a guest here. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure where she is. No, sorry. No, it's okay. Cool. Yeah, we had a guest here on Babylon Talmud. All right, let's go weiter. Um, I don't know what I was talking about, but if you have part of the limb, that's Yotze, so then you can just hack it off when it comes to other korbanas. Weiter. Uh, velifnim kilifnim. Uh, I don't know what I, let me make sure I just read it. Because right? other korbanas don't have any problem with breaking the bones. Weiter. What does this mean? So this is now talking about the gates of Jerusalem. Okay, so let's say we're talking about um, Let's say we're talking about the Korban Pesach. So the Korban Pesach you can eat anywhere in Jerusalem. Now, what about the gates of Jerusalem? So now if you look at a door, if you uh, go and look at your door right now, so there's likely a part of the door that when the door is closed, it takes up that part of the doorpost, and then there's like, uh, like uh, a part where like the door kind of hits against. That's like I guess it kind of smacks against it. Um, so the when the door is closed, the part of the doorpost that is that that the that the door is covering, I don't know what that's called uh, in technical terms. Um, so anyways, from the inner part of the door, kilu not that part, kilu from from the part before. So like if you're, let's say, so okay, how about this? Let's say you're inside of Jerusalem and you're looking at the door that you're going to walk through to leave Jerusalem, okay? So once you get to like the first part of that door, we're talking about before the part of the door that the like door when it's closed covers, right? The, meaning right before that, when you get like up to that point. So from that point and inwards is part of Jerusalem. And then when you go to the other side of this doorpost thing, from that part, an outside is going to be considered outside of Jerusalem. And as Rashi points out, we're not really telling you what about, well, how do we deal with the part of the doorway where like the door um, kind of covers when it's closed. I hope um, that was a good enough explanation. So let's read the Mishnah. So from like the beginning of the doorpost and inside of Jerusalem, it's considered like inside of Jerusalem. And from like the end of the doorpost, I guess you can call it, and outside is considered outside of Jerusalem. The windows in the walls of Jerusalem, as well as the top of the walls of Jerusalem, are all considered like inside of Jerusalem. Nafkeminis for like Kachim Kalim, if you eat the Korban, you know, if the Korban Pesach is Yotze, things like that. Can you eat the Korban Pesach in these places? Says the Gemara, Amar Vyuda, Amar Rav, Similarly, says Rav Yudah Amar that the, the same thing applies to Tfila. If you want to daven in a minion, and um, you're in 
a room and there's a doorpost. So if you want to be part of the minion, you have to be within the room, within the doorpost, says Rav. Now, even a partition of iron is unable to make a separation between the Yidin and their father in heaven. Wow. Hagufakasha. Now, this is inherently a problem. On the one hand, Omar, Minaga, Velifnim, Kilifnim. On the one hand, we said that from sort of the point of the door, from the beginning of like the doorpost and inside Jerusalem is considered like inside of Jerusalem, which implies that the doorpost itself, the doorway itself, would be considered outside of Jerusalem. But then if we continue reading in the Mishnah, it says that from sort of the end of the doorpost, the doorway, and outside is considered outside of Jerusalem. But the doorway itself is considered like inside of, you know, Jerusalem or as we're going to see, maybe the Azar, Akilu, whatever the doorpost is for, you know, so we're getting mixed messages about the, the, the sort of the thickness of the doorway itself. Is it considered like inside or outside? Lokasha, no problem. Kambashari Azara, Kambashari Yushalayim, it depends if we're talking about the gates of the Azara or the gates of Jerusalem. When it comes to the gates of Jerusalem, the thickness of the doorway is considered like outside of Jerusalem, as we're going to see in a second, because Mitzoras used to hang out there um, to get like protection from the sun or the shade. Um, and in the Azara, the thickness of the walls are considered like um, part of the Azara. Is that? Yes, 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 that's correct. Yeah. How come the doorways of Jerusalem were not holy with the holiness of Jerusalem, that they're considered like outside of Jerusalem? Because the Mitzoras were obviously Tameh, um, and we learned are sent out of all the camps, i.e. outside of Jerusalem, so they would sort of get shelter in the doorway. In the summer to get protection from the sun and in the winter to get protection from the rain. How come specifically the gate of Nicanor was not holy with the holiness of Jerusalem? Because when the Mitzoras, um get their purification, they stand there and put their uh, thumbs in there. What does this mean? Inside, uh, so in the Azara, uh, you could probably find a diagram, but the Azara was like where the Mizbech Chitzon was, things like that. And there were a number of gates that went into the Azara. So those gates, the thickness of the gates had the holiness of the Azara. The one exception being Shar Nikonor, which was the gate on the eastern side of the Azara. And the Mitzoras, when, so a Mitzora, when they're have no longer have Tsaras, then they wait another week. They, we confirm they don't have any Tsaras. And then on day eight, they come and bring korbanas and stuff, and then they go to Shar Nikonor and they stick their hands through Shar Nikonor so that some of like the blood of the Ashram can go on their hands and stuff. So because they have to stick their hands through Shar Nikonor, so specifically Shar Nikonor um, was not the the thickness of it is not Kadosh with the Kedusha Azar, but all the other gates of the Azar it would be holy with the holiness of the Azar. So the gates of Jerusalem do not have the holiness of Jerusalem because the Mitzvah is hanging out there. The gates of Nicanor, 
the gate of Nicanor also did not have the holiness. One second. The gates of Jerusalem do not have the holiness of Jerusalem. The gates of the Azara generally do have the holiness of the Azara, the exception being Shar Nicanor, because that is where the Mitzoras hang out as part of the purification process. That was Daf Pehei of Mesechta Psachim. I think it was an interesting Daf. Can anybody confirm? What did we discuss? We discussed breaking bones with um, Kilu. If you have a bone, that part of it has meat, part of it doesn't have meat. Rabbi Yochanan says, you're not allowed to break it. Rish Lakish says, wait a second. If there's marrow inside, then sure, I agree, you're not allowed to break it. But if there's no meat in this part of the bone, and there's no marrow either, you'd be allowed to break it. Um, we discussed the sugya about Tumas Yadayim for Yotze. So the conclusion that we got over there was that when it comes to Korban Pesach, there's no Tumas Yadayim. If you take meat from one Korban Pesach, uh, from one group to another group, it's going to be Tawar. The question is, what about when it comes to Korbanos? What if you take a piece of Korban Chatas out of the Azar? Is it going to be metameh sayadaim? It's going to make your hands tameh. Uh, we said take it. We don't know. And then we got up to this new Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah discussed uh, 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 something that came up a few times today, which is that if part of the Korban Pesach is yotze from Yerushalayim, so you basically cut down to the bone and then scrape away until the joint and then um, cut it. And um, then we got up to interesting Gemara that the uh, sort of doorways of Jerusalem are considered like outside of Jerusalem because the Mitzorahs hang out there. Um, the doorways of the Azara are generally considered with the whole, like they have the holiness of the Azara. The one exception being the gate of Nicanor, since the Mitzorahs would have to stand there as part of the purification process and stick their hands through. Friends, I very much enjoyed learning with you. I hope you enjoyed learning with me. Have a great day. Peace out.